another edition of the Little Bird Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely, talented CEO, founder, and resident mama bird of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning, Dan Ledbetter. How are things in your world? They're great, but you kind of ruined me from our last conversation, you know? Yeah, how so? Well, we were talking about the creative people and creative writers and freelancers and is it hard to hire a great writer is it easy to hire a great writer and right. i don't know now i'm now i'm completely discombobulated <laughs> well i i didn't mean to do that i hope you won't uh, dock me any pay for that <laughs> well you know it's funny you say that because i only pay people to confuse me further oh awesome well then i should be i should get a raise i think <laughs> Well, it's just this whole, it makes you think about things differently from different perspectives. And, you know, the moment that you say, oh, you can't find this or I can't do this, that's really when, you know, red flags should be going off and you should be saying uh, it, it could be differently. Or and, and as one of my friends always says, couldn't the opposite be true? Oh, wow. That's, could that's, it actually be easier to be finding great talent right now? Right, right. That is a different way to look at it. Well, yeah. speak, speaking of different ways of looking at things, one of the things we touched on a couple podcasts ago, and I had it in my notes to ask you about it again, is this whole the creative process and how you specifically, as a marketing company and and your uh, teammates, how how do you guys do the creative process, or how does that work? Give me give me just a, a good overview of how Little Bird Marketing works through the creative process. Okay, well, we can talk about how we do it as a marketing company, but I got to say before we start, I believe the creative process is just absolutely inherent in who we are. Mm. And the more people tap into it, the better they're going to be at their particular field. And I cannot stand hearing from people, oh, I'm not creative. Oh, yeah, Isn't because I think everybody's crazy? creative, right? I mean, it, it's like if you're if you bake something in the kitchen, you're creative. If you if you paint a wall in your room, you're creative. I I've never understood that that whole uh, self deprecation of like I'm not creative. Well, I have an amazingly talented group of sisters, right? Right. And my oldest sister, it's it's you should just hang around her because the talent is like dripping off and little <laughs> just catch something because she can't even help it, right? So she's very talented, but she is a creative person. She has really gone the distance um, exploring those things and delving into creativity and really, you know, lighting a fire under it. And I remember one time as a child telling her, Oh, I just can't draw. And mm. she said to me, you know, yeah, you can draw. The question is, do you want to draw? Because you're going to have to practice. Wow. <laughs> like, okay, don't tell her anything again. That's right. That's right. Forget that. <laughs> but I think she's totally right, is that it is in me. And, and the reason as an adult right now that I'm not very good at drawing is because I haven't spent the time on it. And I proved that point because about eight years ago, I said, screw it. I'm going to learn to draw. And I spent, um, you know, uh, probably two or three years and just had a sketch pad and I made myself sketch one thing every day. And did it look like everybody else? No, but I really honed in on a unique perspective that I had and I enjoyed it. Wow. And I'd love to do it more, but, you know, it's like also time constraints and things like that. But I sure. think it comes back to the question. Yeah, you can. You can do it. You do have to put your mind to it. And there is a process and you have to find your own process. Hmm. So, 
I think anybody who could get something out of today's podcast and you don't have to own a marketing agency. So you don't, <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought I'd have to own a marketing agency for that. Good Lord. Well, on our website, we have our process, and honestly, I think it's more important to us than it is to everybody else who goes on there. What? But, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. A minute. You get you 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 show people your process? Yeah, we have like a six steps to our process. It's under we we have like a section under there. It says process. So <laughs> you click that nav bar. <laughs> Ironically named. Um, and it says creativity by process. And our quote there is, I love this quote from Paul Rand. He says, design is so simple, that's why it's so complicated. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. And so we, I, I mentioned before that um, I don't like to put pressure on people that I work with. I don't believe in that system. I believe it, it takes every good moment that you have tried to show people their worth and call out better creativity in them. It's taken all those positives and it completely negates it when you start putting pressure on them to produce something. And so I don't believe in putting pressure on people and especially not putting pressure on creatives. I believe in putting pressure on the system. Yeah. And so we all come around the table and agree, look, this is a process we agree to. We have to put pressure on this system to bring us to the right answer. And that way people can feel at all times that they can fail. I mean, really, Dan, tell me a little bit about massive failures you have. Don't you think that they've contributed to the better end product? Well, absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of like um, uh, Thomas Edison. He, he, he failed at the light bulb 10,000 times before he finally got it right. Are you serious? Are you speaking hyperbole or really? No, no. It's, it was, I, I believe it is documented. I mean, I know it's in the, in the multiple thousands. Wow. Yeah, right? It's like... It, if if he let's say he'd given up after twice, you know mm -hmm. we'd we'd still be using kerosene lamps and torches or something. You know what's so funny, which kills me. You know when he came out with that finally, everybody in the press probably said he was an overnight success. <laughs> oh yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, it well, just kills me these days. Someone comes out with someone who's like, and this overnight success. Yeah, they've been tinkering at this for twenty years. Right. So I don't know when my overnight success is going to come, but yeah, I, I'm I know I'm I'm hoping it comes tomorrow. Is what I'm hoping. Oh, God. Well, that process is we first say that we're going to explore, then we incubate, we sketch, then we create, then we launch it, then we sit back and enjoy it. How many times have I had to go to a designer and say, "Turn your computer off"? No, we're not going right to this to Illustrator. We're not going right to InDesign. Right. We're going to sit and talk for a bit. Let's trust the process. You know, back up. Trust the process. I think that's that's pretty important. I think there's a few other guiding principles that might be interesting. But in terms of you know how we do things, is that explore is you really sit in the problem for a little bit. You ask questions. We've talked before about having really good, effective questioning strategies for clients mm -hmm. and getting them to tell you what their problem is. And you have to get their perspective about what the users, why, why the users aren't using them. Mm -hmm. And you come up with some scenarios. You talk through scenarios. Okay, where did you offer this product? What was working? What did not work? So how did you do this trade show? Let's talk through. You know, you just kind of got to stew in it a little bit. Right. Um, and so that explore phase, it just can't be cut short, but it's one of those things that nobody loves to pay the money for. Right, right. And that's something we had touched on uh, last time was they don't, under, clients don't understand that 
there is a process involved. It's like it's almost like they give you the idea or the thing to run with, and you throw it in this machine, and it magically spits out an amazing, uh, amazing concept. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. And no. you know, I, to, this maybe this is totally out there, but I think it's a direct parallel. It's like people going to counselors. You know, how many times do you see in everybody's life they don't explore, they don't incubate, they don't sketch what their problem is. They just go to fixing it. Fix, 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 fix. We're in a fix culture. Right, right. And we're not in the culture that steps back and explores it, meditates, contemplates, asks for professional advice. Maybe we do that more than others, but I find that on a regular basis, people don't do that. And I think mm. it's a shame people wait for crisis either to sit and meditate to sketch out the problem, to explore some ideas, to get other opinions, to go see a counselor. I don't care what it is, but I think it is very akin. Why is it so important to fix it? Why is it not more important to explore it and really sit in it and let an, let an idea incubate? What if I did this? Let's Let's play it out all the way and really think about all the further down the paths, mm -hmm. you know, and then go about creating your solution. So I don't think it's just about, you know, art. I think it's about living. I, I agree. And I mean, my wife's a marriage and family therapist. And so right. I know that right. one of one of her things that she does with uh, with people is really helps them work uh, not only you know, obviously there's an end goal that, that she wants to get them to, but part of the process is really exploring like, okay, so this way of being hasn't worked for you. Obviously it's not helping you. And what about mm -hmm. some other options? What about some other ways of looking at it? Like how, you know, how, how can we move out of this space into a new space that opens up the greatest possibilities. And, and that's really what I think too is, is what, what marketing is, especially when you're working with a client. It's like, okay, here's your product. How can we best get this out there that is going to open up the widest range of buyers as well as uh, increase awareness and increase uh, you know, uh, profitability? There's always that because people like yeah, that a lot. Brand, brand loyalty or brand recognition. Right. Yeah, right. and all those things are great in marketing, but here's some things that I just kind of live by. You know, I had a great English teacher my senior year, and she handed out a piece of paper mm -hmm. with what she thought were the 50 greatest books of all time. Oh, wow. And she said, for your life, I believe you should read these. <laughs> and I loved it. And I it, literally, I carried that around for probably three years, and I read every book on that list. Did you really? I did. And you know what she put on the top in her own handwriting? What was that? Oh, no. She made me do it in my handwriting. She passed out those papers, and she's like, had everybody put them in front of her. And she said, now I want you to write something at the very top of your paper. I'm like, is it my name? <laughs> <laughs> no. She said, when you read, write. Oh, interesting. And that has been probably the biggest piece of advice that has really worked wonders on my life. So I really believe there, there's a quote. Oh, I wish I knew who it was, but there is no frigate like a book. Wow. It'll take you all over the world, right? And wow. I'm so curious about all over the world. And as I love to read. 
and you're exposed to so much from you know from vocabulary to perspectives to characters to to people's lives what you could not possibly know from sitting in your own um, your own space and i do think that's really powerful when you read write because when you read it stirs up something in you and i think that speaks to the creative process when something gets stirred by God, go do something. (laughs) Doodle, tinker, go through a rapid fire bullet points, whatever it is. I I don't know what it is. Go write an essay, you know, draw a picture. But it is hard, I think, in our society that does not value doodling, tinkering, drawing, (laughs) anything. We still are living under that Protestant work ethic, and it is still almost seen as lazy to be creative. Right. So we, as creatives who get paid to be creative, okay for us. But I really think that everybody needs to have that permission to be creative in their life. And I don't want to hear from another friend, oh, I'm not creative. Right, right. Those are the people you want so, to slap. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's about listening to your life. Like, what things are you drawn to? And I, I'm, I'm going to throw out two things, you know, that, that I'm, I'm always drawn to typography. Here. Mm-hmm. I just love it. When I was a little kid, I draw lettering, calligraphy, and in this, I, seriously, this is how my blog starts on, on my blog page. The reality that my family, my sisters, used to torture me, <laughs> and I used to torture them by doing this very thing. I, while it, every time I was talking, I would write with my finger in the air what I was saying. <laughs> and I'm seriously. They, Did you really? It drove them crazy. Oh my gosh! But it's like I had to write. I don't know what it what it was, but I, you know, I've always liked writing. I, I'll even be talking with someone in a conversation. I realize I'm just writing their words. Wow! It's almost like I'm taking notes, or I'm and no, it's not taking notes because notes would be. It's like someone's dictating or something. I, I like to have conversations, and I'm pretending that I'm just, you know, typing it. Mm-hmm. I'm a fast typer. It's a good skill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm 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 an I'm a pretty fast typer. I mean, I I still to this day don't know how to type type like, you know, Mavis Bacon teaches typing kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I'm more the hunt and peck kind of guy, but I've gotten so good at it that I can I can mm-hmm. rip through it pretty fast. But you really did like write in the air everything you were saying. Oh, I'd have to ask my mom for. But I think it went on for years. Oh my god, I'm so and, glad you don't do that now because that well, would drive me crazy. I catch myself doing it on my finger on my leg. In meetings, <laughs> it slows things down for me a little bit. I'm yeah, a- well, that's what I was. That's what I was going to say. It seems like that would be, in a sense, it would like it would, because your mind works very fast from right. in my experience, and I would think that that act of like writing everything you say down like would slow your brain down enough to where you can really get laser about what it is that you're presenting. Right, and I've had to put some discipline on myself a little bit, sometimes to grab a piece of paper and write out an article or or some copy that I needed to do because when I go to the computer, it's too fast. And yeah. so I, I get, you know, I just, blah, I get it all out there, but it's not necessarily fantastic writing. Now, it works different ways for different things. If I am already charged, I've got my idea, and I do it, I, it, it would kill me if I had to write it out. I just get to a keyboard, <laughs> boom, 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 we're done, right? But if I need to stew on it, if I haven't really done the work in the explore and the incubate and the sketch phase, then I need to have paper. 
And I think more than anything is that I hear a lot of advice out there of do this, do that. I think it's more about listen to your life, listen to the cadence that is your life and what it is that you're being drawn to. Mm, What are the things that actually help you execute better? And so that's a good example. My brain works so fast, it's painful sometimes. And I'm not trying to say, oh, I'm so smart. My brain goes at a certain speed. Mm-hmm. And that does not help me all, all the time. That right. sometimes is a very big impediment to true creativity. Yes, absolutely. And, well, that's and that's one of the things that I wanted to, to talk about as well is when do you find that you get your best ideas? Is there a certain thing that you're doing or a certain place that you go that really just gives you that that space to let your mind roam, and then that's where you get the big ideas. Because you know how people, some people say, you know, I, uh, I get my best ideas when I'm in the shower, or I get my best ideas when <laughs> I'm sitting by a lake watching a duck eat bread or something like that. Like, is there anything for you? I, I don't know if you have a pond or anything with a duck, but it, where is it for you that you find is your, I guess, your happy place where right. you can actually make those ideas happen? Well, I think it's funny because I think people typically think that it is at a pond on, you know, a beautiful, serene, you know, location and all these kinds of things. And we all know that that's not our reality. And so we're waiting for those perfect moments to hatch creativity. And they don't come because this is our lives. Our lives are not spent at serene duck ponds. (laughs) Which is sad, but uh, it is true. Right. But I live in a very beautiful spot. I live out in the country, and I have a wraparound porch. I can sit out there, have my coffee, look out into, you know, I don't have a house that I can see out my back, and it's just beautiful, you know, trees, and I have deer that will come by in the morning. So I have one of those most serene places, but that's not where I get my creative ideas. Oh, well, where? Share with me. Tell me. I'm not out there on a regular basis. And you cannot wait for these special moments for creativity. You have to carve out a space in your own regular routine where creativity happens. Mm. And it's Mm. funny that we talked about how I go pretty fast and that, you know, I need to slow myself down for creativity. Some people may need to ignite themselves for creativity. But I need to slow myself down. So my best idea comes, I thought I told you this once, but it's when I'm blow drying my hair. Or straightening my hair. And usually it's blow drying because now now that you know more about me, it makes more sense. Can you listen to a podcast while you're blow drying your hair? No, not really. Can your children talk with you and have a conversation and pester you? Well, they can can try. (laughs) (laughs) And they do. But you can't engage in a conversation, right? I know this may sound crass, but I can't go to the bathroom while I'm doing that. You know, I am the consummate, like, multitasker upon multitasker. Right, and, yes, you are. But when it comes to stopping, it's because I really want to stop. I, you know, I'm notorious I'm, I, for not working more than 45 hours a week. Mm. And, you know, I'm running three companies, and people are always like, "What? No, you don't. You did, you know, you're always working." Up. No, I don't. When I leave the office, we're done. Every once in a while, on Sunday night, right when my head hits the pillow. I have a mild sense of panic because for the last two days, I have forgotten that I own three companies, (laughs) (laughs) but it's totally true. And you know what? That's one of the things I love about me. And I'm glad that I don't struggle with that. It certainly has made, you know, the last, you know, decade and a half completely possible for me. I can turn it off. 
Wow. So, you know, for me, I, I, I run at a certain pace so that I can stop. I want to be present with my kids. I want to be present with my husband. I want right. to be, you know, present with my friends. And I don't want to always be a business owner. I want to be a business owner during those work hours. Hmm. And so I, I, I like to turn that off. But all to say is that, you know, when I'm blow drying my hair, it's something in my normal daily routine that where I, 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 it is forced on me, I cannot multitask. So I'm doing this one thing. It's taking both of my hands. It's putting, you know, so much noise in my ears. No, nothing else can be happening. And I've got to be looking in the mirror. So I've got my eyes engaged. I've got everything engaged. It's all about me. <laughs> right, right. And I am not joking. Nine out of 10 great ideas that have happened here at Little Bird have happened in that moment. Wow. So See, I, I find that fascinating. It's it's well, number one, I find it fascinating that you're actually able to, at the end of the day, like be done. You know what I mean? Because I know people who own businesses, and it's like they're they're on twenty four hours a day. It's like they don't stop being a business owner. But I, I think it's number one. I think it's incredibly healthy, and I think it's incredibly admirable that you can, at the end of the day, go, okay, uh, you know what, I'm done. And now I get to be a wife. I get to be a mom, you know, and, and, and allow yourself that freedom to do that. Because I, I think what happens, at least I know for me, if I don't get out of the middle of what I'm doing, my right. mind doesn't have a chance to kind of run wild in other areas, which impedes the creative process for me. Oh, I know that. That is I, totally it. That's yeah, it's it, it's like if I'm if I'm dead stuck in the middle of a project, I find more often than not that I get in this loop of, okay, I got to make this work, I got to make this happen, I got to make this work, got to make it happen, and it's like I just kind of get cyclical. Right. But, but when I take a break, like if I get out and I go have a cup of coffee and I'm reading the paper or I'm you know, uh, watching YouTube videos of cats or something, it's like right. I I. <laughs> The, the ideas I knew were, you were going to get that in somehow. I know. I had to get the YouTube video of Cat. Oh. But let, let's take that idea. See, the thing is, then everybody kind of puts pressure on us as creatives. It's like, oh, well, where's your mind map and where's your methodology? Methodology and what's the process? And everybody wants this like this secret pill to become creative. And to me, it's so antithetical to just it, the core of what it is to be creative. I'm not saying there's not a process. Of course, we put the process on because we're, we've got eight hours to get this done. Right. And we're being paid to do this. And so we have a process. And I believe in a process, but I don't believe that the process is the same for everybody in every space. And so more than anything, like I said, I go back to really is a quote from one of my favorite writers, Frederick Buechner, listen to your life. And in that, what that's telling me is that Priscilla, you are, you run really fast during your normal day routine. As soon as I feel like I'm like slow-mo with my kids and, you know, my husband getting out the door and all the stuff, I'm like checking on Dragon Veil and how's the flute going and what's this, you know, it's all, we're all slow-mo, right? Right. I hit my car, boom, we are in one speed. I'm in that speed all day long. And I don't come out of it. And when I come out of it, I don't want any more of it. I don't want someone calling me on the phone. I don't want, right. you know, I just, I don't want any of that. And so I think it's about listening to my life going, that's the way I've carved it out because it works for me. I get the most done in those times, but yet I can still have what I think is really what's sacred to me. Those things are all safe. And so they're blocked out from it. And so I think it's about listen to what it is you need to do. And like I said, you may need to do the opposite that I do. You need may need to figure out how to find some kindling 
and light that fire and get, you know, set something to spark. And, and I also think that's about listening to your life for some crazy reason. I'm going to tell you this one message that I have not yet heeded. And it's been coming in my mind for three years. And I know you're just going to crack up, Dan, but I need to get an auto harp. (laughs) Of all the things you could have said, I need to get an auto harp was not on the top of my list. Well, yeah, I bet. (laughs) What? So, uh, I mean, I know we're running out of time on this, but you've got to give me some background on this auto harp thing. It's just a little theme that keeps coming up where I think, oh, wouldn't that be cool if I did this and we could have this song, we do this thing, and I could invite my neighbor over, and we could, you know, do a little jam session, and I could just break that out, and then, you know, I teach kids sometimes, and I'm like, oh, that'd be fun for that, and then I think about some, my kids, and my, you know, we have family nights that are just, I mean, ridiculously silly, right? and so the kinds of things that I make them do for winning prizes and stuff is just ridiculous. so much fun oh my gosh uh we could have a whole other podcast on creative ideas for family nights yes i think Uh, but i it keeps coming up and i think it's such a dorky thing that i keep kind of pushing it down and then it's also expensive and i'm thinking really so i have not heeded that and if i if i would take my own advice listen to your life this theme keeps coming up for me why? There's obviously something about it that I have a different perspective or I want to tinker with it or I want to do. Right. And something about it would be enjoyable to me. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been coming up for three years in my mind that, you mm-hmm. know, I keep thinking about it here and there. And I have asked people, hey, anybody have one that they just want to get rid of or something cheap or whatever? Because they're I'm not joking. They're very expensive. Yes. Yeah. They're not. It's not. It's not a cheap instrument. No, but I think it would bring me a lot of happiness. <laughs> Well, I think if if our listeners could derive anything from this conversation, the best way to find your creative process is to watch YouTube cat videos and buy an auto harp. <laughs> and with that, we and with have that, completely um, like it killed any hope of having a podcast. <laughs> I know exactly. So thanks for coming to the last edition of the Little Bird Podcast. Well, Priscilla, thank you so much for taking the time and and being very candid. Uh, I mean, this is very refreshing for me because so many people are so guarded with their with their process, or they think there's some you know uh, mystical secret thing about the the creative process. But you've been very open and very candid about it, and I I, I appreciate that. Well, good. I leave you with on my on my wall. I have one of my own quotes. It says, "Being careful has its own risks." I think you need to put that on a plaque and sell it at like TJ Maxx or something. Okay. <laughs> I'll look into that. <laughs> look look into that. Well, <laughs> listeners, of course, as always, we want to hear your feedback. So if you have any comments or questions or anything at all about the creative process. Uh, or I have an auto harp you want to send me. Or have, yeah, if you have an auto harp, Priscilla is looking for an auto harp. So you can leave a comment on our Facebook page or on the Little Bird website or wherever you've downloaded this podcast from. So please come back and join us again for another edition of the Little Bird Podcast. And for the Little Bird Marketing Company, the home of cage-free thinking, this is Dan Ledbetter and Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.